Welcome to Grad School, the Bruce Gradkowski Podcast. Upping your football knowledge. Class is now in session. 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 Season's flying by, and this is the best time of year. Who are the top teams around the league that are going to get a playoff spot? Who are going to get the buys? Who are going to sit home for a week during the playoffs, watch games, get some rest? And who's going to be that sixth seed that gets in from a – AFC and the NFC. A lot of times those six seeds sneak into the playoffs, and those are the teams that end up winning the Super Bowl. A lot of great things going on. I think a lot of great matchups this weekend coming up. Um, you could catch me on NFL Radio Thursdays 11 to 3. Uh, they're actually kicking me off for Brett Favre for the first hour. I mean, who's Favre? Who is this guy? It's a Hall of Famer. But So I'll be on 12 to 3 on Thursday. I was on 11 to 3 Tuesday. Staying busy, CBS NFL Network a little bit. This is brought to you by Pilgrimage Hospice and Social Gastro Pub. But what what games? And this week's going to be particular spe- particularly special. Uh, huge Thursday night game, Seattle and Green Bay. That's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on, I think, because the NFC race for the playoffs continues to get tight and tough, and you have good football teams that are just trying to get in and make the playoffs. And and right now, I mean, you're looking at teams like the Eagles that we did not think they would be in this situation at this point. You're going to a team like the Vikings that are probably coming on stronger now because they have a healthy cook in the backfield. I think um, the way Kirk Cousins is going to play with that running game, he's going to play better. And then that defense, I think Mike Zimmer does a great job defensively And that's going to be um, what the Vikings do. That's going to get them down the stretch. And, you know, the Seahawks, though, have a lot to play for on Thursday night. Look, this is the first time they've been under 500 in the second half of the season. Uh, Only the second time since Russell Wilson's been there. So, and Wilson, I mean, he was, you know, he's 66% on the year, 1,900-some yards and 21 touchdowns of five interceptions. I think last week, against the Rams, and what the Seahawks are doing is they're in football games. I mean, they're, it's coming down to the wire against the Rams. If Russell Wilson doesn't fumble uh, on, on one of the drives and it leads to the Rams' touchdown to go up 36-24, before that it's 29-24, Seattle's down, and they have the ball, though. And the way Russell Wilson was playing, you know, you can never count that guy out because he's so athletic he's able to make plays with his legs. Shoot, he rushed for 92 yards in the game. So he was making the plays that he normally does with his legs, which was cool to see. Now, Seattle's been hammering the running game. I think they've been playing good up front. I think this is the time of year you need to do that, especially against a good Rams football team they wanted to. But over 250 yards on the ground, um, you know, that that's good football. And they've found in every team, look, even you watch Aaron Rodgers and what uh, Aaron Jones is doing with Green Bay – when you have a running game, that just helps a quarterback out that much more. And Aaron Jones, uh, last week, 15 carries, 145 yards for Green Bay. And that takes pressure off Rodgers. Then Rodgers doesn't have to you know, take so much in his hands. And then that's when you expect your future Hall of Fame quarterback to make key plays in the red zone or on third downs. Um, you know, So this matchup between the Seahawks in Green Bay on Thursday night. It's going to be a fun one to watch. I mean, we're going to have um, the TV on. We're going to be ready to go. This is playoff football. I mean, because the Seahawks now, they're fighting for a wild card spot. 
I mean, they real realistically are out of the division race with the loss to the Rams because they lost to them twice. Um, but the Seattle, but Seattle still continues to have down the stretch the Panthers, Vikings, and Packers. So they have a chance to try to squeeze in. I mean, that NFC North, uh, you know, the Bears, the Bears are really, um, I mean, they have control of their own destiny. You know, they're playing the Vikings this week, and they have slightly a larger lead on the Packers right now. So it's going to come down to the stress for a lot of these teams. And, you know, but I, I want to take a look, though, and I want to talk about the situation going on in Pittsburgh a little bit. Uh, I was able to cover their game, pregame with NFL Radio on Thursday night when they played the Panthers. Very impressive game. I think uh, the way they came out and played fast and started fast was awesome to see. And it's a compliment to them being focused and, and what they're, take, they're taking care of their business. Um, and they're playing good football. And it starts up front with the offensive line. And they're giving James Conner holes to run through. Big Ben is making the plays Big Ben normally does make. And, and it's great to see. And um, the extension of plays by Ben. But the guys around him making plays, they're just really gelling together. And more importantly, the defense. You know, Vince Williams with a huge interception. I mean, they score offensively 11 seconds into that football game um, or as an offensive series and uh, the first play on offense. And then they turn around after the extra point, after the kickoff, first play by Carolina, pick six, Vince Williams. I mean, that stadium was erupting. It was an awesome environment. And I give kudos to you Steeler fans out there. I mean, you guys are awesome. And, and I grew up in Pittsburgh. I know how that is. And um, it, it's great to be a part of. And that game was just um, it was just pretty cool, you know, watching it. And what I'd love to see, though, is how they got A.B. started early, motioning him, getting him some screens, getting him the football. Um, you know, that, that was good to see because you have to give your playmakers a chance to make some plays and get the ball in their hands uh, because that's when um, – they're going to play the best. You know, if, if A.B.'s feeling like he's a part of that football game, you're going to get the best out of him. And, and you saw that throughout the rest of that game, some of the plays uh, they were making. And um, the Steelers, though, just just impressive offensively. You know, 52 points. And the more impressive stat, though, is 72% on third down. And I think which was what was really good to see is the shellacking they put on the Panthers in the first half. But yet they come out of the locker room in the second half and go right down the field. And that, that's, a, that's a key point because you've, we've seen it so many times in the NFL that teams go up but yet continue to let the other team get back in the football game when you have a fast start like the Steelers had. But no, not this time. I think the Steelers put a whole football team, football game together, offensively, defensively, and special teams. Rosie Nix uh, forcing the fumble on a play on special teams. I mean, those are the type of plays. I mean, that's that's championship football. That's winning your division. That's going to Super Bowl. That's giving your team a chance. And, and especially with the weapons they have um, around on the on the field. I mean, and they're utilizing them. I think, you know, Randy Feekner doing a great job offensively, designing plays, putting A, B in different locations, use, utilizing Juju Smith. He's a weapon. And Vance McDonald and – and then James Conner, what he's doing. And they're, they're working well together. And like I said, though, that engine runs 
by that offensive line up front and the way they're playing. David DeCastro, Pouncey, Big Al, Big Ramon Foster. Um, and you got the young guy at right tackle that's playing well So and, and replace a Gilbert. And it, it's just good to see. But I think that an impressive start to the second half, which was cool, um, and, and defensively. I mean, Ben, we all know he finished with 328 yards and five touchdowns, which was awesome. And they really limited Cam Newton and McCaffrey. And you had to take those two out of the football game. You couldn't let Cam and McCaffrey get started in the running game. And the Steelers did that. And it was like it was awesome to see. And they're in for it this week, though. They got a tough test. Um, they got a tough de- test this weekend against the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars have had the Steelers' number lately. Um, that playoff game, I think um, the Steelers did a great job coming back in that game to make it a game. But what the Jaguars try to do is they're going to try to get shots downfield, 18- to 20-yard chunks off the play action. They're going to move the pocket with Bortles, get him outside the pocket, uh, have a bootleg set up outside, scramble outside, slip guys underneath. Yes, he's checked down Charlie, but last year they continued to move the ball offensively. Even though Ben was coming back, putting a lot of points on the board, getting the Steelers back in that football game with that offense – the defense couldn't find a way to make a stop. And Leonard Fournette is back, which brings a whole different package to the Jacksonville Jaguars offense because every quarterback plays better when you have a running game. And that's what uh, Leonard Fournette brings. It's going to take some more pressure off Blake Bortles. Look, right now Jacksonville is minus 11 in a turnover ratio, in a turnover battle this year. And and a team like Jacksonville with a good defense, a quarterback that's, look, he's not, uh, um, he's more of a game manager type. You can't be minus 11. You got to be in the plus 11 range because you got to force turnovers and protect the football. And Bortles in that offense has not done a good job doing that this year. But with Fournette back, TJ Yeldon being their third down back, uh, the defense of the Steelers, they have their hands full this week. They're going to have uh, some guys to cover and make make plays, but they're going to move their pocket. they got to try to find ways uh, to contain that and not let them get chunks off the ground. I mean, the, in the playoffs, it was um, 28-7 at some point and two minutes left in the second quarter. And, you know, that's when Ben had the fourth and 11 and he drops a bomb to Martavius Bryant for a touchdown. And to make it 28-14. And then um, and, and that was the play to Martavius Bryant. Ben signals something to A.B., and he takes Martavius Bryant. It's a trips three-man side to the left. Martavius Bryant is lined up right next to the left tackle, and he's running basically like a post down the middle of the field, opposite to, almost opposite to the other pylon towards the right side of the field. And Ben just lays up a dime, and he runs under it. And... Uh, later on, Ben hits Le'Veon Bell on a rail route to make it 28-21. And then fourth and five later on in the game, uh, Ben pushes up in the pocket and throws a, a go ball to, to A.B. run down the left sideline. A.B. took an inside release on a go ball, and as quarterbacks, it's very hard, even if you have time in the pocket, to throw an accurate go ball when, when your receiver releases inside. And why is that? Because, number one, he's getting closer to the safety. 
But number two, more importantly, now the defensive back is also looking inside at the quarterback as well. And you don't have, you can't drop it over uh, AB's left shoulder because that's where the DB is. And if you line it straight ahead, DB can see it and, and undercut it. And Ben just dropped a dime. And that's just, that's hard to do. And later on in that game, it's a fourth and five. And Ben pushes up, pushes up in the pocket and laterals it. To Le'Veon. So these are some of the big explosive plays the Steelers had last year, which was un- unorthodox. I mean, it's it's what Ben does, but all I'm saying, it wasn't an X's and O's draw-up type, shred them type game. It was Ben shredding them and the playmakers the Steelers have with Le'Veon, A.B., and those guys making plays. So this game, they have to come in, they have to execute. What the, the Jaguars will do is switch up coverage. They'll make it look like a, a two-high look, and they'll come down to single high. They'll press A-B, and then at the snap bail. So what I mean by that is the corner will come up about a yard away from A-B, right in his face, and before the ball is snapped, it looks like he's pressed. And then when the ball is snapped, he'll run off A-B and get soft. Sometimes that confuses the quarterback and wide receiver because depending on what route you have, uh, you're adjusting off off of them. And but I think you know the Steelers have a lot of good leaders in this locker room, and um, and Tomlin knows it, you know, and that's why this team has been able to turn this thing around after a slow start to the season. I mean, you tie the Browns week one, then you lose to the Chiefs. Chiefs. So you're, um, and then you beat the Bucks, lose to the Ravens, you know. So it's just kind of a a slow start to the season. Now all of a sudden, um, they're on a five game winning streak, and now they're going into Jacksonville versus a good team. But I want to listen into what Tomlin says about the leadership and the focus of this team. I think that you know. And again, I don't paint with a broad brush over in the 17 and things of that nature. I just think with this group, with each passing week, they're shown an increasing ability to get singularly focused. And I'm looking for that to continue when they walk in the door tomorrow. Um, that allows you to, to, to roll out a consistent effort. And usually that gives you a chance to, to be successful and win. And that's what we're hunting and you heard coach right there. I mean, and that's what it takes is those leaders in that locker room like a Ramon Foster, Pouncey, David DiCastro, Big Ben, AB, uh, these guys to lead. Cam Hayward on the defensive side of the ball, Vince Williams, Joe Hayden. What these guys are doing and you stay focused. You're staying focused on the task at hand. Look, you have the Jaguars up next, okay? Then you go – to the Broncos. My little brother Gino signed with the Broncos, okay? So he's there. And then you got the Chargers with the Chargers. Um, the Chargers are a tough team. I mean, at this point, it's kind of like it's between the Chargers and the Steelers right now and the Patriots for that second seed in the AFC. You know, and the Steelers have a chance to play the Patriots and Chargers to close out the season. So you're going to have a chance to win that number two seed going to the playoffs if you take care of your business. And it's a huge compliment from Tomlin talking about the players he has in the locker room to keep this team singularly focused. And I think going into Jacksonville, Jacksonville's beat up right now. They've um, 
They've had some injuries with Leonard Fournette missing some time. Defensively, there's a bunch of rumblings going in that locker room. And a lot of times, too, and that's why I give Coach Tomlin a lot of credit, is you got to be able to handle the personalities in your locker room, the ups and downs throughout a season, and that's what Coach Tomlin does. And, you know, because with all the drama and the outside noise going on with Le'Veon Bell, he's kept them focused. But it's a compliment to Tomlin and the organization, but it's a compliment to the leaders in that locker room because they have stayed focused throughout this point. And, you know, we'll get to that uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, and I want to listen in to see what Coach says about the situation going on. Look, Le'Veon Bell did not report at the deadline. He missed it, so it looks like he will be sitting out this whole 2018 season. He forfeited $14.5 million. That goes right back to the Steelers. Not to the cap, but straight cash. And, um, yeah, you know, and I just first want to listen to Coach Tomlin before I respond. I have no reaction. Um, I've told you guys, and I've told you guys consistently, a reaction comes from me if and when he walks in the door. Until that happens... Um, I'm business as usual, focus on those that are here and working inappropriately. So that way I don't waste my time and theirs. What about he never walks through the door? So be it. Under the circumstances, no. Um, I understand that business is an element of the game of football. And um, there are elements of the game, relationships within the game, football-related relationships that we all hold near and dear and understand. And then football at this level, there's also the business element. And um, even when we don't understand it, we're sensitive to it. So we're not shocked when things happen from a business standpoint. No. You heard Coach Tomlin there, and, and uh, you know, what he says, he's, he's right, but he's true. He's true to his words in that locker room because that's what he's telling his players. And he also understands the business side of it. Look, he's had a relationship with Le'Veon Bell. I don't know how, how well. I would, I'd like to say he's still – respects and appreciates Le'Veon, likes him as a person. We all do. Le'Veon was a good guy. I mean, he was a good teammate in that locker room. He was unselfish, and he was, yes, I know he's doing things that you would say is selfish right now to this point. He's also getting advised. I mean, you have your um, your agent advising you, um, whoever else that's in your corner trying to tell you what they think is appropriate for you to do right now and throughout this process I do feel that part of this has been emotional for Le'Veon I feel like some of it has been an emotional decision and now that it got to this point in the season if you're going to forfeit eight and a half million you have 14 and a half the whole year but 18 and a half so far because you're afraid to risk injury why are you going to come back for six million uh, it, it the latter part of the season when, number one, you're going to come in, you're probably in shape, but not football shape. So it's going to take you a couple weeks to get help, to, to truly get in shape, football shape, feeling good, and playing in games. And James Conner's been playing well. They they would have been a great duo, one-two punch, like Batman and Robin. But, it, you know, it didn't happen. And Le'Veon Bell can't take the chance now to come in and look rusty and then try to go into free agency or have – the Steelers transition tag them, which if they transition tag, then another team can can give Le'Veon an offer, a contract offer, and the Steelers have the right to match that. It happened to my buddy Andrew Hawkins. I was on Tomahawk podcast the other day that Hawk was with the Bengals 
and the Browns wanted to sign Hawk. So what they did was they offered Hawk a contract, and the Bengals had the right to match it. But what the Browns did was they structured it to where they gave so much guaranteed or money up front that they knew the Bengals couldn't afford that at the time because of their cap. And that's what teams tend to do. So that's what would happen if Le'Veon Bell gets transition tagged is another team has the opportunity to offer him a contract. Or the Steelers can uh, franchise him again, but it's going to be have to be at the, the quarterback number which will be in the $20 million range. And the transition tag now will be around the $14 million range. But it's more of of how a team can now get him after this. Or they don't do anything and he walks as a free agent. Um, Those are the options. And talking on 93.7 The Fan and NFL Radio, we were talking about that. A lot of people don't think he'll get that money. I mean, here's my opinion. Look, there's going to be teams out there, whether it's, um, I don't know, Tampa Bay or – the Niners, I know the Niners' main running backs hurt this year, but I could see him with Kyle Shanahan. Um, Houston, uh, the Raiders with John Gruden. There's teams with a lot of cap that need someone like Le'Veon Bell that really could blow out their offense and help them out. With John Gruden, the way he structures that that offense, designs it, he could do a lot of cool things with Le'Veon Bell. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. So that's why I say – Le'Veon Bell sitting out this year. Look, he didn't risk injury. That was his goal. Yes, he missed out on $14.5 million, which is a shit ton of money. And But he's going to go into free agency now, and there is going to be a team that gives him guaranteed money. Now, it might not be everything he was asking for before this season, but it's going to probably be around that $30 million range, I think. Or a team might just try to structure a two-, three-year deal with him to show that for him to prove it to them. And at this point, I think this decision with the Steelers was more emotional. So now when it comes time to negotiate with another team, he's going to want to get back in football. And he's going to want to make that money. But I could see a team coming after him and giving him more than $30 million guarantee that, that he was kind of looking for um, and go from there. But I like how the Steelers are focused. Look, we had Mr. Rooney on NFL Radio the other day. He did not overreact about it. Uh, they have not been overreacting about it. And, you know, Le'Veon's doing what's best, that he feels what's best for his uh, future and situation. But we have a lot of great games coming up. We have um, some key division matchups this week, especially in the AFC North. We're going to be looking at, um, you know, the Steelers have um, Jacksonville, but then you got the Bengals. And the Ravens, which is a big one. Cincinnati at five and four, Baltimore at four and five. That's gonna be a big one. Because these tombs, it's it's these teams, it's make it or break it right now at this point in the season. And the Steelers control their own destiny. Andy Dalton has been up and down so far after a, a hot start. You got Joe Flacco that's been so and so, only twelve touchdowns touchdown passes this year. Then now you have Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson just got hired by the Bengals as assistant head coach to Marvin Lewis. He'll be helping out on the defensive side of the ball. Probably teams they uh, play. The Bengals still have the Browns twice this year. The Browns do have their bye this week. After having a huge game and a big win against the Falcons, Baker Mayfield was decisive, played fast, You know, just, just played a good overall football game. Freddie Kitchens, offensive coordinator, a good design, I felt like, uh, 
for the offense to get uh, Baker Mayfield in the rhythm. And that's going to be an interesting situation to keep an eye on, I think, with Greg Williams. If he goes on and starts winning a bunch of games in a row, what do they do over there? And, and do they keep him as the head guy? But I really don't think. They need to really go out and hire a guy that has head coaching experience. They need some stability for years to come and cannot continue to fire coaches and move around because when new coaches come in, they want their own players. They want their own guys, and that's what tends to happen. So we'll see what happens over there. But uh, right now, there's there's a race now to get in the playoffs. Right now in the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs 9-1, and the Chargers 7-2, and the Steelers 6-2, and the Patriots 7-3. and You got the Texans that start off 0-3 and just rattled off six straight. They're 6-3. and and then you got Bengals five and four, Titans five. Then all the teams that are kind of in the mix. And then on the NFC, you got the Rams nine and one, the Saints eight and one. But then now it's the Bears six and three, the Redskins six and three, which the Redskins have the Eagles two more times this year. And then you got the Panthers six and three. Now Vikings five and three. Then Green Bay four and four. Now Green Bay, you know, playing Seattle on Thursday night. These are huge games now at this point in the year. This is my favorite time of year. November, December ball, it's make it or break it. you got to play good in December, and um, but a lot of good games. So uh, I'll keep you posted right here on Grad School, the Bruce Gratkowski podcast. I appreci- appreciate you guys tuning in like always. So keep up. Follow me on Twitter, bgradkowski5, and Instagram, bgrad05. Have no clue what my Facebook is. And um, I have a website, bruce-gradkowski.com, for speaking engagements, coaching tips, anything you need. It's always a pleasure. You guys have a good one. Let's get it.